Hello and welcome to Safe Space, the official Safe on Our World podcast. For those who don't know, the main goal of Safe on Our World is to create and foster worldwide mental health awareness within the video games industry. My name is Rosie and today I'm joined by Eliana Zebro, who is an audio professional for Media Project and uh, has recently just released an interactive game called Hashtag Audio Industry Game, which is free on itch.io right now. I've played a little bit of myself today and it is very good. Um, But basically the game tells stories of marginalized gender folks and their experiences within the industry, including discrimination, harassment and a lot more. And today we're going to talk about it. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Lovely. Um, Do you want to tell people a little bit more about yourself and and how you uh, got to know about the podcast? Sure. So I call myself an audio professional for media projects because I do a lot of things. I've worked on everything from films to podcasts to video games, pretty much everything. And I've done everything from voice directing to re-recording mixing to dialogue editing, sound design, pretty much of it all. So I do a broad range of things. So I call myself an audio professional media products as I do a broad range of things for a broad range of types of things. So yeah, I do a lot of things in the audio world. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I have to admit, I'm pretty mm, not very well versed in the audio world. Like I'm pretty new to the whole thing. So I would always love to hear more about the specifics of what you do within all of these different projects. Yeah. So like I said, it varies quite a bit, but most recently I was doing some um, voice directing for some visual novels. Basically what that consists of, I also um, did some casting directing for that as well, but let's focus on the voice directing for now. So basically what that consisted of is I got the voice talent, I got the got our, the lines and then when we were assigned to record the lines i helped the voice directors during the session we basically did a live recording session where i was giving live direction of okay this line is going to be x this x this line is going to be y like explaining i also organized a phone call with the team the whole team and uh, the the main the project lead and the voice actors as well as some some other people sat on the call too, like the, the artists and people like that. But basically the idea was to talk about the characters so the actors could get in their heads and understand who they were voicing before the, the session. So that was a lot of fun. And then the live direction stuff, like I'll give an example actually. So one line was, I love you too. And that sounds like a really simple line, but in this case, and in a lot of cases, actually, it's not because you got to think about the context. You got to think about the characters. And in this case, the character in question who's saying that line is someone who's hasn't loved himself for a while, who thinks he's pathetic. And it takes a lot for him to really open up to other people as well as care about himself. So I said, hey, we, we need to keep that in line when we say this this line, I love you, too. And I want it to almost be a realization, almost a realization that he not only loves the other person, but can love himself for the first time. So that's just an example of what can go into voice directing. And that's, a, that's just one of the things I do. I also do mixing and editing and a lot of other things. But that's something I did recently. So I should comment on it. No, that's amazing. I mean, it must be so hard as well to be able to 
have someone with um, voice specifically have someone do justice to something that you've already kind of made up in your head I guess if that makes sense well um, I wasn't the writer on these projects but I know what you mean although yeah. I I have written a lot of projects myself um, if you look on my itch page and we'll talk about the linked audio industry game my itch page toward the end you'll see that I've also written fiction and I, well, I haven't done voice acting for those I would love to in the future so yes there's definitely a lot of weight on your shoulders to bring justice to what's been written and really bring out the best tone and the best voice in what's being created here and what i did for this project one of the projects is i said okay let's send a little itsy bitsy sample of what we recorded to the project lead and the team and every time the team fucking loved it <laughs> so you know that's always a good sign <laughs> and yeah. that means and that means you're on the right track that means that you're getting that tone that you need to get. So yeah, exactly. And also, it, it brings up morale for the team because now they know a little bit about what's coming together on your end, and what the voice actors. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Um, just to just to kind of kick off the podcast a little bit, what I've been doing is asking every guest um, an easy question, which is just talking about their favorite games and why they're their favorite games so i guess that's my first question to you if we talk about games that have inspired me more recently and that i think about a lot there's this little twine game called stars that comes to mind i played it about five years ago okay i've not heard and, of it yeah it's a super tiny game i no one no one i recommended to has ever heard of it it's um no one i recommended to has ever heard of it but if you go to there's a game jam that happened called the Twiny Jam. That's T-W-I-N-Y. And it's a combination of twine and tiny. And it was run by Portman Time. And the idea was to create a tiny twine game with only a certain word count. And Stars makes a really interesting use of these boxes to kind of progress the story. So you're clicking on different parts of the sky as part of the game. And it also tells a story of kind of existentialism and purpose. And it's only like five minutes long, five, ten minutes long. But I think about it to this day, and I played it five years ago. And finally, um, I like to mention a woman goes to a private games industry party, which is on itch.io as well. And when I think about games that tell stories of our industry, that's like the first game that comes to mind. And I think about it quite frequently. And I just um actually added the creator of that game, Rosa Carbo Mascarella. I'm so sorry I'm saying that wrong. On Twitter, because when Audio Industry Game came out, because I was like, hey, I thought about your game a lot during development. Thanks for making it. Because, goodness sakes, the things that people said, and everything in this, in a woman goes to a private games industry party is something that's been said to her, right? Mm. So to hear that the things that have been said was just, it's ridiculous and you know you gotta have a lot of a strength to make a game like that about your real experiences so i'd really admire that and i think about that game a lot and i'm just yeah so i just i think oh my god that game every once in a while because it's 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 short i think it's only around 15 30 minutes it's maybe not even shorter than that but it's a very interesting game and i highly recommend it yeah I mean it's uh, I kind of I'm leaning a lot more towards like shorter experiences at the moment like I've um 
when I grew up with games, I was always very much a adventure sort of, I, I didn't know indie games existed basically uh, when I first started that journey within games. And ever since being in my role with Safe, I've learned so many different shorter games and indie games that have a huge message and a real purpose and and things like stars, things that can actually tell a very real and powerful story, but are embedded within a game that you experience rather than read or listen to or watch, I think is amazing. So I guess, do you think that kind of inspired you to then decide to make audio industry game? What inspired me to make audio industry game is actually something a bit different. What happened is, uh, this was back when I identified as female, not non-binary, but I tweeted about how being a woman in the audio industry is an indescribable fact. And I have been told multiple times that I'm the first woman someone's ever encountered who does what I do. Right. So after that, um, uh, someone else who works in audio tweeted at me about her experience on a sound scoring stage. And I was just like, excuse me, that happened to you. And at the time I was working on a completely different game. I was trying to, because a lot of my ideas from years ago are terribly terribly vacant scope so i i've narrowed i've been a lot better at making smaller scope can make in a couple months games in recent years but if you look back like two years from now two years ago then my games ideas are super vacant scope like it would take years to make so i was looking back on this old game idea that would probably take around two years to make and try to scope it down into making taking six months to make but then when i got this tweet about the sensor stage, i was just flabbergasted and i said People need to tell these stories. I can't just sit here and not let these stories be told when I like I can't do that. So I, I, almost immediately, uh, I, I decided, okay, we're gonna put the game ideas to cope thing aside for now and work on telling these stories instead. And I I said, okay, uh, I tweeted about it. I said, okay, I'm, I'm making this game about people's experiences in the audio industry. If you want to submit your story, you can. DM me, it can be anonymous. And I think it got like um 150 retweets by the end. I don't remember, 200 or something like that. Wow. But a lot of people, and I got it written about in a few different places. Um, Andy Heldone did an interview with me about it. Uh, Brightside Reviews wrote about it as well. Reina, who runs Brightside Reviews, is very nice. And the yeah, so yeah, what inspired Audio Game was rage sheer rage at hearing this story and this being like why are we these not more widely told why am i only hearing about this because someone happened at me on twitter and not more in general like why why are we not hearing more about this so Mm -hmm. like i've heard stories like that before but some of it's, you know, some of it's been whispers, DMs. It's not always been public and out there as this is what happened to me in the audio industry. And that's been changing more in recent years. Like there was an article that came out about a month ago uh, about female composers in Hollywood talking about how if they speak up against the things that have happened to them, they will lose career opportunities. And I'm just like, yep, accurate. That that was a really good article, actually. It was in The Hollywood Reporter. But overall, I just think there's so much to contend with when we tell these stories. There's so much to contend with when we hear these stories. And there's a lot of considerations to make 
about why these stories have to exist in the first place, why these stories have to be told because, well, people aren't listening and they have to be told because they happen (laughs) and they have to be told because otherwise people aren't going to listen. And I wish they didn't have to be told. I wish we didn't have to have a world where people said, oh my goodness, I have to tell this story because otherwise people are going to get hurt. Why did the person have to be hurt in the first place? Why did that have to happen? Yeah, I agree. It's it's so difficult because obviously it, it puts people in a difficult position because if talking about their trauma is something that they find really difficult, but they know that if they do talk about it, it might protect someone else, then it puts them in a dilemma of being able to protect themselves as well as other people as well. So it's super difficult. And I have to commend a lot of people who've You've come out and spoke about abuse within the workplace, within audio and outside of within games, but you know, in in the the global industry as well. So, yes, it's, um, it's so important to be able to tell people's stories, and if it's done anonymously, but it still helps get the point across that things aren't okay and things do need to change, then I will happily support anything that helps tell those stories. And speaking of the stories being anonymous as well. Um... That's one of the things I wanted to comment on as well, because uh, there are 26 stories in the game and 19 of them are anonymous. And the fact that they had to be anonymous just says so much about the current state of our industry. Totally. Because these are people that could have faced real repercussions if these stories weren't anonymous. And especially in the cases where... um, there's also also cases where I had to hide details too. Like I had to hide um, the instrument someone played. I had to hide the country they were from. I had to hide the last name of the person who had harassed this one person on on social media. I I couldn't say the last name because yeah, it would give it away. Yeah. So which is also a huge issue because it shows how little diversity and marginalized genders that are in the industry. If if one word is going to give away who it is. That's true. Yes. And and people say might still know who it is. I don't know if they will. Because the games industry, this is well, this story in particular with the last name redacted is a games industry particular story. And um not everyone I work in film as well. I mentioned that podcasting, other stuff besides games, other types of media. So have I mentioned I've mentioned um if I mention the person's first name to someone in the, in the film industry, they're just like, oh, I don't know who, who you're talking about. I don't know who, who that could be. Like, I, I can't think of a well-known figure with that last, who would have that first name in, in this industry or in the last name. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, and it hurts that I can't even say, like, I know who this person is because I was told in the testimony, but I had to redact the last name. So the most I can do is if this person is mentioned in conversation and say, hey, um, this person isn't great. I can't say it publicly and I can't say the last name in the game. Huh, so we're back to Whisper Networks. You know? Yeah. yeah, no, it's really difficult. And I, I don't I wish there was more that I could add to, or even suggest, but there's there's really nothing. It's just. I guess being able to continue to share these stories and where people feel comfortable to share full details. Great. But yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. 
So kind of tying into that, because you chose voice actors and had the format of a game rather than a video or text-based content, why did you think that that was the best way to kind of get your messages across? Yeah, there were a few reasons for that. Um, The first is that I've been making Twine games for a very long time, visual novels for over a decade. So I'm very experienced when it comes to the interactive fiction formatting programming etc so that's what that's where my experience lies so i know how to make an interactive fiction game with impact and one of the most important things in interactive fiction that gets overlooked a lot is entwine is what text you're clicking on so for example in the sentence uh let me see if i can find an example i had a co-worker who's where this is from the game I had a coworker whose work was upstream of mine, so I had to communicate with him a lot to check on his status and various tasks, tasks I was blocked on. So in that sentence, what sentence are you going to click on to continue the story, the story, or the testimony? And after one of the things I've honed over the years is which what the most important text is. So in this case, you're clicking on the, I have so chose to make it, so you're clicking on the words, I had to communicate with him a lot. And I chose that because the story is about someone who doesn't. Um, the story is about someone communicating with someone uh, in their their colleague who's well. He he he's constantly asking, "Hey, are you mad at me because you didn't use emojis or exclamation points or didn't say this or didn't say that?" So I said, "Okay, we're going to highlight the fact we're communicating with this person a lot in the sentence because the fact that we had this, the fact that the person who gave the testimony has to communicate with this person who's." do pestering them like this is uh, not great mm-hmm. and that's one of the more mild stories in the game by the way more more mild so to speak and it continues and goes whenever i'd send a message that didn't include exclamation points or emojis he'd walk to my desk and ask if i was mad at him and i can just imagine how often that happened too i this ugh. this wild. one of those this one of those things and that's one of the more mild stories yeah, That's I was going to say, I, I played it this morning and there was some some really tough ones to read. So if anyone who is listening, um, please do. I'll, I'll link it in the um, the description of this podcast, but please do go and play the game and, and read all of the stories that are on there. Yes. And there's a content warning at the beginning. Um, there's also a safe system in the game. So if you need to put it down and take a break, you can. That's, I put a safe system exactly for that reason. Because I'm, you know, because I had a hard time programming and making this game. I'm not going to make you read the whole thing in one sitting. It's hard. Yeah, especially if you're either in the industry or of a marginalized gender or have experienced something very similar. I can imagine it'd be quite hard hitting to read a lot of different testimonies about a lot of different experiences that people have had that you can probably relate to as well. So, yeah, there is a safe element within the game if you need to take breaks, which I would recommend anyway. Yes. So, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't finish exactly what I was saying, but I was, I was saying, um, I chose text. I chose this interactive fiction format because one, that's what I know as a programmer. Two, I know how to make text that's clicked on the most poignant in most cases. And most three is that I didn't want, I wanted to make this digestible, so to speak. And, I, and that doesn't mean easy to read. That does not mean easy to read. These stories are not easy to read. 
But by presenting it one paragraph at a time, one line at a time in an interactive fiction format, it's a lot um, easier for someone to read than just having a really long pages and pages and pages document, right? Yeah, it's a lot less overwhelming, I would say. Exactly. So I wanted people to read these stories. I wanted these stories to come out and people would read all of them if they could, if they're, they weren't triggered. And and think about them and see what the implications are for the audio industry, for their industry, et cetera. So I wanted to make it digestible. And that's why it's the format that it's in. Because this way, you can read all the stories about getting overwhelmed by a lot of text. I guess, what outcomes, after people have experienced this, this game, would you see as an ideal outcome for people, both in marginalized mm-hmm. genders, but also outside of them? Yeah, so let's talk about outside of them first, and then we'll go to inside. Um, Mm -hmm. Then I've already had that outcome for the outside already, because someone someone quote-RT'd the game today. And let me find that. They said, I will definitely be including... This is Stuart O'Neill on Twitter, at Sanely Stuart on Twitter. They said, I will definitely be including this in my annual February thread. But as of right now, I implore everybody, but mostly the cis men in the back, to play with this, engage with it, understand why I need to exist, and most importantly, learn from it. And that's the outcome I want from people who have not had these experiences who are, you know, cis white men who are just, you know, aren't the ones who are experiencing these things, is mm-hmm. to play with it, engage with the stories, understand why I need it needed to exist, and learn from it so we can do better. And that's the outcome I definitely want from those types of people. As for inside, um, that's a definitely a different a different reaction that I would want because those are the people who have probably experienced these types of things. But I would hope that they would that they would stand in solidarity with um, people like us who have experienced those types of things and. You know, if they haven't experienced these types of things yet, to understand that, hey, it does happen. And there's a, there's a lot of things that people have gone through. So that's, that would be ideal, yes. Yeah. No, for sure. I guess it's all, always nice as well to know where people have had good experiences to then share with other people who might be looking for work as well. But leading on from that, how have you found the audio industry in terms of over time, do you think it's become or becoming more inclusive to those within marginalized gender groups? That's a really hard question, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I'm and, sorry. <laughs> and not, not just because I'm newer to the industry. Like I've been, I've been working in the industry since 2018. So I'm, I'm relatively new to the industry compared to a lot of people. But it's a hard question because I've worked so much in media overall. So my experiences as a professional definitely come from being in media and seeing the types of things that happen in media as opposed to audio. Not to say audio doesn't do it too. But I did have an experience recently, and this was around Thanksgiving of last year. As of now, it is January 13th. So this was Thanksgiving of twenty of um, last year. So this was around two months ago, where basically I joined a new group 
uh, on Facebook for um, production sound mixers and boom operators in the film industry. And I was like looking at the recent posts and I was just like thinking, is there anyone here who's not a cis white man? I can't find anyone. <laughs> so I decided to search through the group for the posts. And uh, I just searched woman in audio or something. I don't remember what I searched. Maybe just women. I don't remember what I searched. But I, my goal was to try to find at least someone who wasn't a cis white guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, from there, I found this thread that included people yelling at this um, this uh, half Asian, half white guy for wanting to hire women and marginalized gender folks. A woman getting harassed and told, quote unquote, uh, quote, this is, a, this is a direct quote, that her Emmy doesn't mean shit. And people saying stuff to the woman. So, so the things like, oh, you're being too aggressive. You're being you're being so mean. You shouldn't be like that. When while saying nothing to the other people who are harassing her, including the person who said her Emmy doesn't mean shit. And I was just flabbergasted. I was like, excuse me. I just joined this group not that long ago. I already want to leave. What the? F-? So there was a post welcoming me to that welcoming me to the group, and I said, hey, um, I found this post, um. I'm a little, I, why, sh- why should I stay in this group if this is happening? What's going on here, everybody? And, and the first response I got was this guy saying, LOL, everybody, you're acting like everybody is responsible for what happens in this group. This is a group of thousands of people. Every, we don't represent, it doesn't represent everybody. You're being, you're being um, overreactive and all this stuff. And I was just like, is that how we're talking about these issues? What, what the hell? Yeah. So yeah, I left the group pretty quickly. I'm not surprised, but like just on that, just because there's a lot of people within that group, the fact that he'd seen that and responded to you, but not actually defended any of the other behaviors or defended other people who'd been affected by these behaviors is very telling of the, oh, of the atmosphere within that group. So I, I don't blame you. I probably would have done exactly the same thing. Another thing I just pulled up, uh, because I, I took a screenshot of what happened and the person said, People have disagreements in life. It's normal. You're welcome to stay, but please don't come here with that attitude if we owe you something because you're upset. Like, I was the problem. Like, I was the problem. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, this was on Thanksgiving. This was less than two months ago. This is is a big audio industry group with 6,000 people. So, this would put that in perspective. And... Another thing that happened to me recently, and this was also in November, I believe, is that I was on a film set, and it was a very small film set. This was a super tiny indie film. So this is a bit of a more of a film industry story than an audio industry story, but it's still a media story. So what happened is everyone was saying their pronouns and their name, pronouns, etc., role in the film, etc., at the beginning of the shoot. And I was like, oh, that's great. That means that I'm not going to get misgendered. Because I'd come out as non-binary a few months ago. And I was just like, yes, finally. So I said, yes, my pronouns are they, them, blah, blah, blah. And then they kept calling me she, her on the first day of shooting. A lot. <sighs> and then I said, I said, my pronouns are they, them. You keep saying it wrong. No one responded, including the person I was talking to. <laughs> so I, and because this was a super small indie film, I sent out an email uh, after the first day of shooting saying, Hey, looking forward to the second day of shooting. Just so you know, I 
My pronouns are they, them. If you could please respect my pronouns, that'd be great. Thank you. So then one of the, the, the producer or the co-producer, I can't remember the role right now. Sorry, this was a while ago. But co-producer, producer on the film got back to me and said, oh, I'm sorry, this happened. I will do my best to respect your pronouns tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. So she respected my pronouns the next day, but uh, people kept getting them wrong again. And one person did correct um, frequently. So instead, so you, they would, the person would say she, and then say, oh, I meant, I mean they. But they never got them right the first time, except for that one person who apologized to me. So that well, that was a real bummer. And there yeah, are stories in audio. Not that hard. <laughs> yeah, and I. Like I said, everyone said their name and pronouns at the beginning of the shoot. And I wasn't the only not person with they, them pronouns on the set. And there was another person who, and after they, um, there was a point where we were in the elevator and they, and this person was mentioned and they got, um, she heard as well. It's like, I get this is a primarily, um, she, her crew, but I said my pronouns. They said their pronouns. Can we do better? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so disappointing. I was sorry that it happened to you as well. Like, it's it's such a shame as well. Like, we're in 2022 now. Yeah. I don't know why people still think it's such a big deal to have to, to just gender people correctly, but... Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's a roundabout way of saying that um, things are not as good as they could be in the audio industry. Like, both based on that that story from the Facebook group, um, the fact that people are um, who aren't, are still getting misgendered. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention the most jarring part of the Facebook story is that um, assist, uh, I'm just going to read directly what I, I wrote down when I was talking about this to somebody else. Sure. Okay. A cis female sound mixer who knows the person who invited me to the Facebook group where this took place reached out to me about a, my, in my city, base meetup of sound mixers. I told her about what happened in the Facebook group and she gave me excuses. Oh, the woman who was flaunting her Emmy, or the woman, she was flaunting her Emmy and that's why she was harassed. The person who invited me to the group is actually the sweetest guy, even though he was also making excuses too. And I was saying, and I responded, I will think about coming to the sound mixer meetup thing, but right now I am tired. I am very tired. There was no apathy from her. Instead, she said, let me put it this way. You'll learn a lot at the meetup about how to make really good money as a sound mixer. Like, I don't care about that. If I'm going to be uncomfortable there, I'm not going to go. And finally, when she talked about women in the audio industry and I corrected her and told her I was on binary, she said, Sorry for assuming, but that, I guess that makes my point that you should come to the meetup even more firm because you have it even worse than women do. Wow. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I know. It was a lot. And like I said, that was on Thanksgiving. So that was two months ago. I also love how they said that she was flaunting her Emmy as if that isn't something that she should be proud of. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's amazing. You should be able to flaunt it without being abused. Like, Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Did I mention that no one gives a shit about your Emmy person was marked by Facebook as a group expert and that the post saying no one gives a shit about your Emmy had two likes on it by people from the group? (laughs) My eyes just rolled so far back into my head. Yeah. On video. You didn't see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'd let you know. Yeah. Uh, so 
So yeah, uh, we have a lot. We have a long way to go. Is what I'm trying to say. We have a long way to go. We do, but if there are people like you who are telling stories of people who are being discriminated against, etc., then it's a great start to start. Great start to start. It's a great way to start showing people the issues that are in the industry that are rife right now and the people's reactions to them and how people can be better allies with marginalized gendered people. Yes. So I guess I've got I've got one more question for you and it's it's a little related to what we've kind of been talking about, but it's kind of moving off audio, I guess. Uh, and it's just more about your personal connection with mental health, both within games and related to games I suppose um and whether you had any specific mental health related titles that you feel really personally connected to or if you feel particularly represented within any games that you feel have supported your mental health yeah absolutely so um just keep in mind that I I game a lot on my vita and not on my computer right now uh I have a I use my computer mainly for work discord social media and stuff like that so i don't really game on pc a lot right now it's mainly my vita but when i think about mental health um the first game that comes to mind is a little red lie the first game and that's a really hard game to play it's about depression it's about financial instability it's about the wealthy getting more powerful while the poor suffer it's a really tough game to play so i cannot recommend it to everyone at all but I just found, I found myself just in awe of it so many times. On the subject of stuff related to more self-care related games, I would say that Twine is a really good place to explore that. I, there are so many good Twine games in, out there that talk about mental health and where you are and how you can do better. And Stars is kind of, kind of touches on I mentioned Stars earlier. But one of the things that STARS touches on is, you know, taking care of yourself, you know, no matter where you are in the universe, no matter where you are in your life. And that's something that's probably made it stick with me for the last five years. Amazing. I'm just like Googling all of these um, games as well because I haven't seen them before. I'll I'll send you a link to STARS at the end. It's a very obscure game. No one I've recommended to has ever heard of it before. I'm also just looking at the little red lie, which is pretty recent. Uh, I guess it was only last year it's, in April. That yeah, really. It's made by the same person who made Actual Sunlight, which you probably have heard of because that, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actual Sunlight, um, really, you know, one of the first games to touch upon depression. I only played Actual Sunlight recently. I think like in the past six months, but I thought it was really. But once again, cannot recommend it to everyone. It's a very heavy game. I'm going to get you a link to stars. Ah, there it is. It's always really interesting. And I think a lot of people have different sort of games that they, one, would recommend to other people to understand what they're going through. Um, two, will actually play for their own mental health. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like the, it's just where your head's at and what you feel would yeah. be beneficial right now. This looks gorgeous as well. So I'm just looking at stars at the moment. It's so pretty. Yeah. Oh, I also, when I think about mental health, I also think of a mortician's tale. And I'll okay. link to the itch page for that. But I played that. 
I was it was shorter than I expected, but very poignant. And I'm not saying it was shorter than I expected as a bad thing, by the way. I love short games. Yeah. But yes, yes, it's a very interesting game about confronting death in a healthy way. And yeah, I just I found it really interesting. Oh, uh, yeah, I love that. It's tasked with running a funeral home. That sounds so interesting. Yes. Nice. Oh, God, I've got so many games I need to go and play. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for all of these um, suggestions as well. It, it's so fascinating. And I love always seeing people's different takes on it, because obviously you have the classic games that people associate with mental health, whether that's just like, you know, games that make you feel good, like Animal Crossing or like Hellblade with psychosis representation. But the more obscure games I find super interesting because they often have a lot more of a personal spin on it and a lot more of a a personal motivation behind it to get the message across, which I always think is really nice and yeah. comes across when you're playing it. So yeah, this is this is awesome. Thank you for uh, for all of your suggestions. You're welcome. So final question. It's an easy question. Okay. Um where where can people find you online and where can people find your game? Yes. So my full name is Eliana Zebro, E-L-I-A-N-A-Z-E-B-R-O. You can find me at elianazebro.com. If you're interested in mentoring about the audio industry, I also do that. You can see my website for more information. You can find audio industry game at bit.ly slash audio game. And uh, on Twitter at the story singer. Um, if you're wondering why I have that handle, it's because I thought that story singer was another name for bard, but apparently no one else thinks that, but that's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're bringing it back. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. It's, it's been really interesting for me as well. And, um, for those listening, please do check out the um, the game, uh, hashtag audio industry game. I'll link it again just to make sure, but please go and check it out. And if you are struggling, please know that you're not alone. There is a lot of support out there. And if you're looking for somewhere to start, please do visit our website at safeonourworld.org. And there is a list of global helplines and a lot of different information about feelings, symptoms, mental health, the whole shebang. So please do go and and head over there if you need support but thank you very much for tuning into this episode of safe space and we'll catch you next time bye